Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, a very warm welcome. And if you are a regular listener, then thank you. I am so aware of how many amazing podcasts are out there and how time poor we all are. So that you choose to listen to the Motherkind podcast makes me very happy and I am endlessly grateful. So thank you. My mission with this podcast is to inspire you to reconnect back to yourself, whatever that might look like for you. Perhaps it's reconnecting with your health and self-care. Maybe it's looking at your career and your relationships. Or maybe how you talk to yourself. And finally, looking at being kinder to yourself. So I talk to therapists, doctors, naturopaths, coaches, career experts, and everything in between to help you become your happiest, healthiest and most alive version of you because that is what I think is the most inspiring thing to become for our children. So this week I am chatting to an amazing woman called Kelly Piatrangeli. Kelly is a mum of two and the founder of Project Me which is all about helping busy stressed mums live more balanced lives. Sounds pretty good to me. She's written a book called Project Me, a practical guide to finding a happier balance. And the reason I wanted to get Kelly on the podcast is because I love her approach and I love what she's doing with Project Me. She really gets that time poor, highly stressed element that is so prevalent in so many of our lives as mums and beyond. And she has really practical tools to help work out where that stress is coming from and taking simple practical actions to find that happier balance as her book promised so we chatted about why she started project me and kelly has a very glamorous background that i loved learning about we began seeing that breaking your life down into areas setting small goals creating small step action plans really worked We chat about what she's learned along the way and we chat quite a bit about one of the big tools that Kelly uses in Project Me, which is this coaching wheel. And we select a couple of elements on that and deep dive into those. And I think you're going to love that because the couple that we've chosen, I think, are pretty unanimous in terms of challenges that we have. Everything that I thought were people making me feel that way, someone making me feel anything, I realised when I owned that, It was owning my feelings and understanding that I can choose at any moment to not feel that way. And if you stick to the end, right to the end of the episode, you will find out quite an unusual shared passion that Kelly and I have, which was great to discuss with her as well. So I hope you really enjoy the episode. If you did, as always, please rate and review. It does make such a difference to reaching more mums with the content. And pop over to Instagram, motherkind underscore Zoe, where we chat about the episode and the conversation really does carry on in the comments so please jump over there and join in and share your views we would really appreciate it and here it is so kelly welcome to the podcast thank you i'm so happy to have you here and thank you for coming to my home on this rainy morning pleasure (laughs) so you run project me and i think let's get straight into it so tell us how you came to be doing what you're doing today 
Well, it's interesting because Project Me, if you ever would have told me 10 plus years ago that I would be helping other women with their lives, I would have honestly laughed in your face because my life was anything but balanced. It was really, really wildly out of control. And I created Project Me for me. I mean, I actually had a ring binder folder and I put Project Me on and it was me deciding that I'm going to start treating my life like an important project because we'd done a house renovation. We had a house in Wimbledon and we had done this house renovation. And for that, because I was the project manager of that, I had those kind of tab sections, you know, for electricity and plumbing and heating and, you know, the different things I needed to keep on track of. And when that project was finished, I remember looking at the folder up on the shelf and thinking, God, if I treated my life like I treated that project, I could probably really do something. And it was like, ting, this kind of light bulb over the head moment. And I really did go and get a binder folder and put tab sections for different areas of my life and loaded it up with blank line paper like I was ready for some important project. And back then, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have a framework, but it was that whole idea of just what's going well in my life, what's not, and treating each individual area rather than thinking that your life is just one messy, huge mess. I began looking at it more constructively and I began to see, for example, that the family area of my life was really, really messy. I was shouting at my kids all the time. And there were three and six at the time and they fought with each other. And then I would end up shouting at them. And then my husband and I would have fights with each other about the kids. I mean, it really was just this mess. And then I decided to do a parenting skills class with the parent practice. And that alone completely, it ended up having a positive knock-on effect on other areas of my life too, which is really how it all works. You know, you start with one thing thinking that it's that, and then you end up solving a lot of other problems too. So I started Project Me, gosh, you know, really loosely My kids are 18 and 16 now, I should say. So we're talking about a long time ago. And then I told two friends about this project, me, that I was working on. And they didn't yet really know each other, but they both knew me. And we decided to start meeting up once a month and working on our project me's. We didn't call it that. I mean, back then it really was very vague. But we began meeting up once a month for the sole purpose of kind of coaching each other, you know, just what's going on in your life. And we would divide the amount of time we had up by the amount of people, you know, by three of us. And we've now been meeting up for 10 years. It's our 10 year anniversary. Wow. And we used to joke that one day we would write a book about it. You know, we're like, ha ha ha, you know, like one day. Then over time, it became more of a realistic thing. Like we began seeing that breaking your life down into areas, setting small goals, creating small step action plans really worked. And in 2013, I decided to launch the website with Susie, who was, you know, one of my power pals in this whole thing. And we launched it because we wanted to write this book. And we decided that we didn't have a platform. We didn't have any social media following. This was in 2013. And we decided to do that because I started following Marie Forleo. I don't yeah. know if you know Marie Forleo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I ended up doing B-School and learning how to build an online presence. And before that, you know, I didn't know about any of this. And within three months, there were already a thousand women from all over the world subscribing to the Project Me newsletter and reading the blog and, you know, about the things that we'd overcome and the struggles. And every blog post we wrote, we decided that it needed to be actionable. It wasn't just about missives on our lives. You know, it was like, here's a challenge that we overcame 
in an area of our life and here's the action steps we took and it was very actionable and it really resonated with a lot of mothers it's always useful to get a clearer sense of how it was I think yeah were you working at the time were you not working how did you feel about yourself what was your relationship with yourself? Well, like? I'll tell you, prior to having kids, I had a string of ridiculously fun jobs in Hollywood. I was Johnny Depp's PA. I worked on music. What's he like? Oh, back then? Let's not talk about now. I haven't <laughs> seen him in recent years, but back then, super sweet and really down to earth. I'm not going to say what I, what I think now. I don't know. And then I did music video production. And then I moved to London when I was 24 and I became a record cover designer. And I didn't realize until after I became a mother how much my identity was all about my career. It was all about what I was doing and it was... Is that how you'd introduce yourself? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And even after I had kids, I would say, well, I used to. Used to, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm so over that now. It's incredible. But, you know, in the beginning, I just felt like I had to say what I used to do because I couldn't just say I was just a mother. But after I had my first baby, it really hit me that I was feeling really unfulfilled. I didn't feel like I could go back into my life in the music industry because that was all about parties and nightlife and that just wasn't my world anymore and yet neither was sitting on the floor and pushing toys around with a toddler you know and when I had my second one it really doubled up he was very challenging and like I said it was then that I really just went from being well I always thought was quite a zen person to being a screaming banshee like really just screaming all the time and god I can remember dropping my little ones off at school and actually putting my head on the steering wheel and crying because I just felt so bad about how much I'd screamed at them to get out the door and to school and, you know, brush your teeth and why can't you... What were they triggering in you other than just being challenging toddlers? What what was it in you that they were triggering? Good question. I mean, it was... I was used to prior to kids having loads of me time. I now recognize it as me time, but just I'm the kind of person that just needs lots and lots of time to journal and reflect. And I wasn't meditating back then, but I just had a lot of time to myself. I would get up in the morning and I remember taking the tube into work into Soho and I would just be head down in a book. And if I saw anybody I knew, I just you know put the book over my face because I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't have to speak to another human being until 930 in the morning. That was when things started. Familiar tale pre-kids isn't it? Yeah. And suddenly when you are woken up at, you know, (laughs) early hours of the morning and you have to be on from then, by the time I was bringing them to school, I was just kitted out already, you know, but then I would have the whole guilt. Like I said, laying my head on the steering wheel and crying and feeling so bad and trying to regroup for when they got back from school. And then inevitably something would set me off again before they went to bed. And it wasn't until I did the parent practice course that I began to learn that it wasn't them, it was me. Before that, I was always thinking, why aren't they behaving? Why do they do well, that's that? That's why I asked you that question. You know, that's my belief that it's it's normally triggering something, our need for control, our need for perfection, oh, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Were you like that? Did you like things to be? Oh yeah. yeah. Everything had to be in order. And mm-hmm. well, of um, course, kids don't align to kids that. Kids don't do they? align to that. No, <laughs> not at all. So yeah, that was really challenging. But yeah, once I did the parent practice course, things began looking up. And then, like I said, when I started my project, me and began meeting up with my power posse once a month, 
that was when I started to feel like I found a much better balance in my life. Mm. Someone said to me the other day, what's your why that makes you cry? And I thought, actually, cheesy as that is, I quite like it. Ooh. So what's your why? Like, why my do you do why this? why is what makes me want to cry is women who complain about what's not going well in their life, either competitive complaining, you know, they get together with other women and they're kind of one-upping each other on who's got the lousiest husband or who's got the worst behaved kid or that kind of thing. And then they're all kind of feeding off of each other. And in the end, maybe they feel good that they sort of got it out temporarily, but then they go back. And to me, that makes me so sad. So I really think that my mission is to help women to stop complaining about what's not going well in their life and to start doing something about it. Mm. So if someone is listening and recognizes that complaining in themselves, and that takes a certain amount of self-awareness in itself, I'd say, say someone's sort of realizing, actually, yes, I complain a lot. How does someone go from that stuck place feeling like the children are doing it to them, the husband is doing it to them, work is doing it to them I guess and I mean this lovingly but maybe a victim mentality yeah how does someone go from that to which I guess is what you did to empowered what does that journey look like for me what it looks like and what I teach as a starting point because there's many answers to this but as a starting point I always think it's a good idea to write down what the challenge is And I have something on the website on myprojectme.com, which is an action sheets tab. And you go to that tab and I've got printable action sheets. It's really good. I was looking at it yesterday. I would encourage people to go and look at that. Kelly's got amazing resources. They're like coaching tools, aren't they? It's like becoming the expert of yourself. You know, there's certain things you can do on your own. And then it's great to get extra help outside of that. But the tools I have on the website are things that you can do to get off the starting blocks. And one of them is the challenge solver action sheet. And it's amazing. If you just look at it, you just look at the questions, you're going to think that's never going to help. But when you actually print it out, put a pen to paper, identify on paper, because it only gives you a little bit of space. You know, what is the challenge? You have to put it in a nutshell. What is the challenge? And what is this costing me? And how would it feel to have this problem solved? And what ideas do I have to make things better? And it's amazing. We have the answers inside of us, but when we're just trying to think it, something else will interrupt our train of thought. We'll be kind of maybe trying to think of a solution and then something else. But when you put a pen to paper and you do this, it's amazing how the answers come to you and you think, ah, I know what I could try. And then that's empowering because when you start to have these small successes, you begin to be what I call the project manager of your life. You know, you begin to become the expert of yourself, the expert of your family, and you realize that in actuality, everything is in your control, even if it's learning to let go of the things that are out of your control. You know, that's in your control to let go. Yeah, I mean, I always say that the only thing we really have control over is our mindset, Mm -hmm. really. We have very little control of what happens outside. So true. Just how we choose to process it. Yeah. So on that mindset piece then, how do you work with someone who might be riddled with conditioning from their own childhood about what it means to be a mother or about themselves? They might have lots of limiting beliefs or even tripping into anxiety or low-level depression. Can the tools still help then or does someone have to go and sort the insides out before they can look at the outsides? Yeah, I feel like Project Me, where it is right now with my book and with the website, is that very kind of first steps stuff where you just need to begin to get the foundation of your life into a good place. Because when you're still putting up fires, 
when your time management is bad and when you're running late all the time and when you're frazzled and you're short fused and all the stuff that just has to do with your day to day organization. That is when you don't really have the mental bandwidth, I don't think, to be diving deep into childhood and, you know, uh, issues with your parents and all of that. So I really believe in getting that foundation firm. And that's why the Project Me Life Wheel tool, which is the very first place that anybody starts with Project Me, is by doing this little assessment. I give you prompts and you read through the prompts and that gives you an idea because you're looking at each individual area and you're going, ah, this is the area this month that really needs my focus. And here's the small steps I'm going to take. Like I said, when you build on that success the next month, it's something you do every single month. Right. And then you do an assessment on the previous month, reflect back what were my wins, what's challenging me in the month ahead, what does my month ahead look like, and what can I be working on this month. It's this idea that you get the foundation of your life into a really good place. And from there, suddenly you have the mental bandwidth to be able to start thinking about your personal growth. For me, it was about beginning to meditate. It was about beginning to explore the other side of me that I just couldn't even begin to look at when I was too busy chasing my tail and putting out fires all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's about getting your life into a great place first, the ins and outs, the nitty gritty of your life so that you've got that space to be able to grow into. Mm. And just before we go into, we're going to talk through this wheel that you use in each section, but it would be helpful to maybe describe how you felt about yourself and life and your family back then and how you feel about that now, just Mm. to really explain to people and get a sense of that shift. Yes. I definitely back then was in blaming mode, definitely thought that everything was somebody else's fault, that my husband was pissing me off and that my kids were super annoying and that you name it, everything was always external. And then over time, I began to realize, as you said before, that everything, it's all about me and my perception of everything. And someone gave me a mantra one time, It was, no one can make me feel anything. I remember mulling over that so much. Nobody can make me feel anything. So if I feel angry, I'm choosing to feel angry. If I feel impatient, I'm choosing to feel impatient. If I feel everything that I thought were people making me feel that way, someone making me feel anything, I realized when I owned that, It was owning my feelings and understanding that I can choose at any moment to not feel that way. Well, it's difficult in the beginning because you haven't got the tools to be able to go, okay, I choose to feel happy right now. You know, I didn't really know exactly how to do that, but I just began to learn how to do that. And the way that my life is now, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time I shouted at anybody or, you know, like, I mean, I'm just, I now feel so much calmer and so at peace. It's amazing. My relationship with my kids transformed soon after I did the parent practice course. I ended up forging a really close relationship with my boys. My eldest has just left for university and my youngest is 16. And we have such a close relationship. I mean, they can talk to me about absolutely anything. And I hear about other people having all kinds of problems with teenagers. And I think, wow, I'm so happy that I got my life into a good place when they were young so that I was able to be the mother to them that I am now. Mm. And what's been the biggest things that you've learned about yourself then on that journey? Oh, about myself. I have learned that I am a conscious creator of my life, 
that I wake up every single morning. I've got my rituals that I do, my meditation and my journal writing. I'm so in touch with my inner being now. And I know my greater purpose. You know, I'm on my way to finding my greater purpose. And yeah, I just, I feel so whole now. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same. It's sometimes hard to put that into words, isn't it? The I words, write, by the way, the words I, don't do I justice write, I, I'm gonna, I've told myself I'm going to stop telling myself this story, but I write so much better than I speak. When, if you were to ask me the same questions in writing, I would be tapping away the answer and it would just be flowing and I wouldn't have to edit it and I could just press send and it would be exactly how I want to say it. And there's something about when I'm speaking that my brain turns foggy. And it's just, yeah. That's fascinating because I am exactly the opposite. So if you ask me a deep question, I can articulate pretty easily. Like some people say to me in the podcast, do you prepare some of the things you say? Because they can sound quite poetic, I'm told. But I have that. Whereas if you ask me to write, oh my God, I like freeze. I'm like deleting words. I can't find the words. That is so interesting, isn't it? Because mm. people have said, oh, would you ever do a podcast? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wouldn't even know what to ask people. They would say something. I would be looking at my notes. I would be, you're such a good podcast interview. And I think I'm a really good writer. So there exactly. we go. <laughs> Together, we would be a dream team. But I think that's an important point, isn't it? It's around self-awareness. Yeah. You know, that sounds like, you know, that overarching journey that you went on is from not knowing yourself, liking yourself, loving yourself through to becoming empowered and aligned and yeah um and that's my journey and I remember when I first started in sort of personal development personal growth and someone said to me you're really articulate and I remember thinking they're lying they're trying to get me to somehow like them or because that's how unself-aware and how low my esteem was amazing Um, but now of course I know that's true and I love that about myself and so it's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So let's go through your wheel because there's super, super interesting areas that I think we can have some really interesting chats about of mm-hmm. each of the eight. So which one would you I'm going to start, start with, with family. The life wheel looks like a flower. It's got petals for each of the eight key life areas. I separated out family and love on purpose because sometimes when coaches use a life will exercise they kind of lump that in together and I definitely think that we need to be separating our partnership you know our marriage out of our kids you know it needs to be treated as two completely separate entities so there's the family area and the love area separately health which is health and well-being work and with work I always say if you're not working it's still something to look at whether it's something that you're feeling dissatisfied because you're not working. If you want to be thinking ahead to the future of what kind of work you want to do when the kids start school or later on in life. So work is just something to look at. It isn't necessarily something that even needs everyone's attention every month. If it doesn't, then you just move past that one. Fun, fun and friendships, so important. I happen to be someone who scores myself a 10 in this area every month. I've got great friends. I have a really fun social life. I'm a fun seeker. Like I just love fun. But with working with as many mothers as I've worked with now, I'm wow. A lot of women are not having enough fun. Maybe they've moved. They don't have the close friendships they used to. Or, well, what even happened to me when my kids first started school is you become friends with just the ones who 
are at the school gates or in the playgroups or the people that you see the most. And they aren't necessarily the women that you would choose to be friends with, but you are because your kids are friends with their kids. I grappled with that a lot in the early days. And so fun and friendships is an area that you need to kind of do a little assessment on every month and see how that's going. Because if you're not having enough fun or you're not feeling enough connection, there's definitely going to be an imbalance in your life. Another area is money, money and finances, personal growth, super important. And that means something different to everybody. I can talk a little bit about what that means to me in a minute. And then the eighth pedal, productivity and time management. Now, this is one that I didn't have on my life wheel for a long time. Even when I told you that I made that project folder and I had the different tab sections, productivity and time management wasn't in there. I never even thought it's about that. It's not sexy, that. is it? it? Well, I just didn't, I didn't <laughs> actually why. realize how much focus it needs. Yeah. Productivity and time management is everything to do with running the show. Everything from knowing what you're going to feed your family every day to making sure your kids have shoes that fit. To making sure that you've filled in the forms for the swimming lessons or the piano well, lessons. You're running a business, aren't you? You are. You're, you're the CEO of your family. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so a lot of women, even women who work full time, they think of productivity and time management in terms of their work. And they don't transfer that over into their family life, into their home life, their personal life. So once I began pouring over every book I could get my hands on in productivity and time management. Most of them are completely irrelevant to mothers, but there's always something in there where I was like, oh, I could apply that. I could apply that. And when I got the productivity and time management area of my life into a much better place, that is when the second eureka moment I had. The first one was the family life, getting that. And then the second one was getting my productivity and time management into a good place. Should we talk about that one in depth? The first thought that's coming up for me is around division of tasks, which is something that I see a lot of chat about. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, I would call myself a feminist. I believe in equality. I believe in bringing my own money as well as my own invisible labor into the home. Because a lot of mums I know feel like they do everything and feel really resentful about mm-hmm. that. Is it about getting more efficient and productive around doing that? Or is it about sharing the load more? Okay, well, one thing that I need to preface this with is that Project Me is about giving you the framework and the tools to be able to figure out what works for you and your family. So I am never one that ever says, here's what you should be doing. You should be sharing the workload. Here's what you should be doing. I never, ever do that. I think it's up to the individual to figure it out. Um, Because every family is so different. Yeah, and no two families the same. Exactly, and I think there's a danger in listening to people talking about how they do it because then suddenly you think that's how I should be doing it. Well, that's the right way. Oh, that's the right which way. Which of course there is no exactly. right way. That's the other big aha uh-huh I've had in my life is dropping shoulds from my life. Huge one for me because I used to think should, should, should. And I now catch myself if I even think should, I laugh yeah, at myself. Yeah, I always say that to my yeah. clients. I either say don't should all over yourself or shoulds are shit. Yeah. You know, I say whenever you hear that, that's a red flag Yeah, that you're doing something exactly. that's not true to you. So I'm actually not going to go into what I think specifically anybody could do about that. But what I do believe that everybody could do is to design your day. I have a design my day action sheet on the action tabs of the website. Designing your day is a game changer for 
so many, I think thousands of women now who download this sheet and print out, you know, a couple of weeks worth at once and clip them together. I'm going to be getting them made into printed binders. But the design my day action sheet means that every single day you are designing your day with intention. So you start off by saying, what am I grateful for? And you fill in that little box of gratitude. How do I want to feel today? Because it's so important to be feelings led. And then there's a space to put down your scheduled events. So where do you need to be and when, or, you know, what do you have on that's at certain times? And then the next section is for your three MITs. And that's your most important task. And that's when you look at your master to-do list. And I could go into that separately, but, you know, I think it's really important to have an overall master to-do list somewhere else. And then each day you are picking from that master to-do list the three most important tasks you have. Now, if one of those things is deadline related, obviously, you know, that's going to be the most important task. But when you can start to get on top of the things that you procrastinate down and wait until the last minute and then suddenly have to do it last minute and you begin doing those things before they become screamingly urgent, that frees you up to be able to start doing the other things that mean more to you. And the sheet has more some other areas in it, too. When you begin your day by knowing before you start what you're going to be getting done, and I always say practice forgiveness, you might not even get those three things done, but it just means that you're not diving into your day without any game plan, doing whatever's in front of your face, and then wondering why it all went pear-shaped. So many mums at the start, this was me, although I think in the baby phase it's different, isn't it? But I used to feel like I started the day on the back foot. And a lot of the mums I work with will say they'll wake up feeling anxious. That would be their first thought is like, what if I missed? What if I got to do? What's going to come at me today? It's very, very common, isn't it? Not yeah. just with mothers, actually. I think no, it's a human. really common. Um, we keep way too much in our heads. We don't write enough down. And part of the problem is when you keep to-do lists that are on backs of envelopes and post-it notes and here, there, and everywhere, you end up with your brain just constantly going, oh, gosh, I'm going to forget that. Oh, gosh, I hope I don't forget that. And, you know, you need to just have a master to-do list where everything is kept in one place. And your to-do list is never-ending. You know, so I've got this never-ending to-do list. I'm like, yeah, you're a vibrant woman with a lot going on and you should celebrate that and your to-do list is never going to be just finished and I think that's the danger of having a paper list of this is everything I have to do is that then you add more on to it and you go oh I have to start a new page I never get to the bottom of my to-do list you have to just get rid of that whole mentality because there's always going to be things that you need to get done well what's the alternative there's nothing to do I mean that's not ideal oh, that's is it definitely not <laughs> not a good idea but the great thing is, is when you begin getting on top of the things that really do have to get done the things that were kind of driving you crazy and making you pull your hair out and you get on top of all of that, that's when it frees you up to be able to, hey, I'm going to do a personal growth course. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to start reading these books. You don't have time to do all that stuff you want to do until you get the productivity and time management. Yeah, because my language, I would call that the difference between responding and reacting so so many mums just or humans it's not just mums but are just going through and reacting as you say what's going on you know the kid does something react whereas I feel like what your tools are giving is that space to respond to life just to come from life from that more 
slightly empowered place. Yeah. And if someone's listening thinking, you know, Kelly, this sounds all well and good, but, you know, I've got three under three and I don't have a minute, when am I going to find time to write out your master lists and your schedules? What do you say to someone who comes at you with that challenge? you have got to have a hot date with yourself once a month and make that happen no matter how you do it. And there's always time for you to set aside an hour out of a whole month. And in that hour, I mean, if you've got longer, even better, but in that hour, do your Project Me Life Will assessment, see where your life might be a little bit in or out of balance and what could use your focus, print out the action sheets, come up with a game plan, get a binder folder if you really want to take your Project Me seriously. And when you begin doing that is when you feel the sense of empowerment. And that is when you can start creating the space in your life for the things that are really important to you. Yeah. And I think Liz Gilbert, who's one of my sort of favorite writers, I was listening to something that she was saying the other day. She was talking about she met someone at this party and she was complaining how she didn't have time to write. She was like 20. Uh-huh. And this woman said to her, you know, dead straight, what are you willing to stop to have the thing you say you want? And she said that was just a seminal moment for her. She suddenly realized, actually, I'm doing all these things. You know, I'm going out for dinner and I'm going on these trips with my girlfriends and I'm doing all this stuff. But actually, I say I want to be a writer. And I say that to some of my clients. You, know, you say you want to feel calmer and happier and connected. So you've got to stop some things in order to get there. You know, whether that's an hour's less TV, an hour less on Instagram or an hour less. You know, there's always a way, exactly. isn't there? But I think it's... It's the first step actually in that empowerment that I can choose to find this time because it's important to me. Absolutely. It's essential. I think it's just essential. If you go through a whole month and you've never had a chance to reflect on your life and to think about what's going well and what could use your focus, then you are just living your life on autopilot you know just getting up every day living I would say yeah exactly (laughs) that's good yeah that's true yeah you're on autopilot and you're just all day long going 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 falling into bed at night waking up doing the same thing doing the same thing gosh that's really unfulfilling well that's where you were right yeah exactly exactly where I was yeah yeah okay so what's the next area that you want to talk about and people to think about I would love to talk about personal growth because for me even though personal growth when I first created the project me life wheel it was one equal pedal on the life wheel is how it felt to me and it really did feel like every month when I do my assessment okay what have I done this month that would be towards personal growth I went to some yoga classes and I'd be like that was good I read a few chapters from that book that was good and it was really me just trying to make sure that I kind of dip my toes in that water a little bit enough and now I could put personal growth in the middle and yeah. say that that is everything. Everything stems out from that. Like I cannot. So how do you define personal growth then? For me, personal growth is living my life consciously. It's meditation, having that time for myself. I love doing little courses. I love the Insight Timer meditation app. I'm just in love with that app and now they do little mini courses for $4.99 and you can just do courses on everything that just really really gets me to think of my life beyond the physical body that I'm in right now the physical reality I'm in and to think about my life on a much bigger scale I wouldn't have been in the position to even understand what that meant many years ago but now my life is just all about a personal growth journey and the other things are just 
things in my life that are in this physical life I'm in right now, but the personal growth is everything. Yeah, I guess I see personal growth as unlearning for me, for sure, is the biggest part of my personal growth. Yeah. Unlearning what I think I know and learning to become the best version of Zoe and everything that I do actually in my life, I think. And by best, I don't mean that I'm setting myself these crazy goals or that's not what I'm about, but just the most loving version of me that I can show up every day. And of course, in order to do that, there's loads of stuff I have to unlearn. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people can think personal growth is like all this stuff they've got to do. Right. And I know you're all about the action. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, no, I'm about the action, but I'm moving so much more like Project Me is shifting now because Project Me has to move with me. And in the beginning, I wrote all my blog posts about how to solve all these problems with your family life, with your health, with your love, with your all that. And I am now moving into the next phase of Project Me. I can feel it in my writing. I can feel that my next book will feel very different. I feel like this is the first book. This is the one that gets you off the starting blocks. Yeah. And gets that foundation, that firm foundation beneath you so that you can then. Um, yeah, because the I guess level. that's where, because you know, I was really lucky. I got into this when I was super young, You're like so 22. Lucky. I You're started so going on personal development courses and having wow. therapy. Yeah, so I was super lucky. And I, I've been through exactly the same trajectory. Of course, I'm about goals and I still have that, but I'm more about feeling my way through life. I'm more about unlearning letting go mm. you know all those things which sounds same, like your same exactly yeah I'm all about that too okay so we've probably got time to dig into like another couple so that's personal growth can we talk about money just because I find that sure, really interesting yeah money was funny because when I was gonna write the chapter on money in the book I looked at the blog post that I've written on money and I thought, gosh, I've hardly written anything. I've brought in a couple of guest experts to talk about the hardest money. thing to talk about. Well, it yeah. was one of these things where I thought, what am I going to say? And then, because I needed to finish my book and I still had a couple of chapters left and a friend of mine in Ibiza said I could go and stay at her villa and finish writing and something about Ibiza. You know, I was there. With oh, I the, love it too. I was, you know, it was in October. It was beautiful. I did yoga in the morning and I was really tuned in and the money chapter just flowed out of me. And I realized that what I have to say about about money is it's all about releasing your personal money blocks which means recognizing the thought patterns that aren't serving you so we've got probably one more area to chat through should we chat through health and well-being because as you know that's one of my big passions yeah, in life. that's a great one as a matter of fact I just did project me live and at first I was going to do a guest speaker in each of the eight key life areas and then I thought that could be really overwhelming as an attendee to be going and thinking about all these different areas of your life in one day so I really did spin the wheel and thought what is going to be the one to start with and I decided to start on health and well-being because if your health isn't in a great place it's going to affect everything your energy levels your health health, your mental health, all of that. So it was a great call because we had guest speakers who came in and spoke about the importance of sleep. And who did you have? Susie Redding, oh, who yeah. I know you've had on your show. And she- um, Big spoke, friend of mother oh, kind. She's amazing. <laughs> and she spoke about self-care. 
which is just so important. We had Anandi, the sleep guru, speaking to us about sleep. We had Gemma from Gemma's Health Hub talking to us about five-minute fitness hacks, how you can fit fitness into your life no matter how busy you are, and well, et cetera. We had all these speakers. But for me, I feel like health is something where, again, you need to figure out for yourself, what is it for you? I actually created a health wheel for the event where people could look at these eight different areas of their health. And we broke that down really micro so people could see, wow, it's actually this part of my health that I need to focus on. For me, again, I've got things on the website. It was always about trying to fit fitness in. And I created a Project Me fitness planner, which is just actually mapping out how I'm going to move my body three times in a week. I need that. That's one of my big challenges at the moment. It's a bit like meal planning. If I don't meal plan at the beginning of the week and figure out what I'm going to feed everybody so that I actually have food in the fridge and can not be pulling a frozen pizza out of the freezer, you know, at the last minute. So at the same time, I grab my Project Me health weekly fitness planner and I look at my schedule ahead and I go, ah, normally I do that class on Thursday, but I I can't this morning because I'm doing this podcast interview. That means I need to make up for it another day and looking at what that will mean. What will I do? How will I move my body? So for me personally, it's three times a week because, you know, some people would say, oh my gosh, that's not enough. Other people would say, wow, how do you do three times? It's up to you. But by scheduling in my fitness, I make sure that I do it. I ink it in and I treat it like it's an important doctor's appointment because I feel like it is. Yeah, I need to get better on the fitness. I prioritize my recovery meetings. Mm -hmm. I do two or three times a week. And then obviously I've got all these other moving parts of the podcast. It's my real focus in December is going to be, you know, I do a tiny bit of yoga most days, but I want to get to something a bit longer, a bit yeah. more Yeah, did I hear you're into kundalini yoga? I'm really I into so kundalini. I love kundalini do you? yoga. Yeah, I heard you talk about that on a podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just talked to you about kundalini for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I'm raises really your vibrational it. frequency. It's different from other yoga, which is much more kind of physical. It is so spiritual. and Yeah, I can't really put into words the impact that kundalini's had on my life. Well, I trained as a pregnancy teacher when I was pregnant. And for sure, mother kind exists because of that experience. Totally changed my view of myself as a mother on a practical basis. Like I was going to go to like a a private hospital and sort of have a birth like that. And then I did this Kundalini pregnancy training and I had the most blissful home birth. So it changed my life. completely. And it's wacky and it's woo woo and it's sort of mad, but I just absolutely so do love I. it I, just, I love it so do I I mean if someone comes into a class and they see some of the weird stuff oh, you're it's doing they're so like what weird. are you doing it's so weird um, but <laughs> it, I, it raises my vibrational frequency I come out just buzzing where I do you do it I do it in Hammersmith I have to say I had a great place I was living in Madrid for the past seven years I had a great kundalini yoga teacher in Madrid and then I've moved here and I'm kind of chopping and changing a little bit and my teacher that I found in Hammersmith is now not teaching there anymore mm-hmm. so I'm kind of still I'm in limbo land kundalini yoga at the moment but yeah absolutely love it i just want to say how lucky are your kids that you started your personal growth journey in your early 20s that you discovered kundalini yoga when you were pregnant i mean seriously like wow your kids have never had to have the totally messed up mother that mine had for a few years i think i've, I've well, made up for it i made up for it i don't feel you know I'm, I'm great with it now but just how lucky your kids are oh thank you I mean, I always say 
now looking back I can see how lucky I was to have what happened in my life at 22 that I had no choice I was rock bottom I had no choice at the time I did not feel grateful I felt like why can't I just be like my friends who have got these sort of functioning happy families around them and can get to work and aren't crippled with anxiety and right so you depression. had your rock bottom they, yeah, they, say, they say it takes a crisis sometimes oh, you have to hit crisis life point. shapes you to wake you yeah and I was just super lucky that I listened and I have been on this but it's taken me a long time to get here you know I still slogged at corporate jobs I hated every weekend I'd go on meditation retreats and I'd go in on Monday so you know it's taken a while <laughs> it's taken a while but I do feel lucky and I do feel proud of myself so thank you yeah. for saying that <laughs> so we were talking about fitness yeah and, fitness and, and then you know the other part of doing the life wheel check-in in your health area is those important health checks you know your smear test you know checking your breast every month it was doing my assessment and then meeting up with my girlfriends you know we do that once a month meetup that I went yeah I've got this kind of spot on my face and it's just kind of not going away and you know it, because you're actually speaking about it to somebody yeah. else and you're doing that assessment and that turned out to be a skin cancer you know a spot of skin cancer which you now you're looking at me right now I've got I've just had it yeah. taken out so it looks a little stitches have just come out but it's this thank god of, you caught it but because that's is, the sort of thing if you were still firefighting you might have ignored I would have it was so small honestly it looked like a pimple and I wouldn't have paid enough attention to it so the whole idea of checking in with yourself once a month is important on every level you can imagine the more in touch you are with yourself with your body with your mind with your spirit with everything and I always say like if it feels indulgent or selfish to do it for you I always say do it for your children like most of us want to be around for the longest time possible don't we like I know I do I want to see Jessie if she chooses to have kids I want to be there to see that if she chooses to get married I'd love to be there so Mm -hmm. you know I'm like oh god I can't be bothered to do x or y I'm like actually I want to be the best version I want to be the healthiest just so that I can be there for her you know also for me but sometimes if that feels like oh, for me, I can let it go. Yes. Then I think, no, 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 for her. For it's her, so I'm going to do true. it. so true. You know, if you're thinking, oh, it's project me, me, me. It's all about yeah, it's me. selfish. Oh my gosh, it is the furthest thing from selfish. Yeah. You actually giving your kids the best you, you going out into the world and being your best you, you discovering what your gifts and talents are and spreading those out into the world. You can't do that if you're just coasting along or worse. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's a great place to to start to wrap up. And I always ask the same question at the end of every interview, which you're nodding because you listen, which is if you could give all mums in the world just one thing. For you, it's going to be hard to give them one, I think. What would it be and why? I would love to give every mother in the world a ticket to fly off on a retreat. And this retreat is in far-flung destination, warm and sunny with hammocks everywhere teepees and in each teepee or yurt there's different things going on like Deepak Chopra's in one and he's given a really great talk and all your favorite people are in there and there's massages and there's fresh juices and doesn't that sound dreamy at one point I was thinking I should really run this retreat because I do run retreats in Ibiza and I was like I should just run this retreat and I'm like I want to be on that retreat like I'm going to be there with you I'm going to be in the hammock and I'm going to (laughs) be oh yeah that would be amazing all mothers need just that time to just reconnect with themselves and yeah I I would love to gift every mother (laughs) that Oh, if only you could make that true. How could we make that country? <laughs> make that come true, Zoe. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. 
So that's it. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about, then just tag them in on Instagram. My bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there. People often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends. So if that's you, then please do. I feel like the guests that we have on the podcast, their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide. So help me make that happen. I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also, just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme, which is a three-month programme called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.